Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 19 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to go see a Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show. We share our thoughts about that show with you, our listeners. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, Matt. How are, how are you doing? You sound a little... Uh... Sound a little under the weather. Sound a little gravelly there. Gravelly? No, no, my friend. I'm feeling A-OK. But uh, right. you know what? I'm just going to jump into it. First star <laughs> of the day is that it is early. And uh, for, a, for a given value of early, For a given I value suppose. of early. I'll tell you what. I woke up, and this is the first thing I'm doing today. So uh, <laughs> what you are hearing is the voice of a man who has not had a chance to sort of warm it up doing anything else. Well, wait, Matt, uh, you know, I know you are prone to uh, sleeping on the weekends, as is, you know, I think a lot of people, or as, as are, is my right. as are, as is your right, as are a lot of people. Are you, I mean, were you like up super late last night? I mean, this is a little, for this to be early is even a little late for you, I would say. Yeah, I mean, we we did start this call at like quarter after 11, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say for a given value of early, it's early. Yeah, man, I was up late. I'm a fun guy. I do fun things. <laughs> okay. I'm out in the world. I'm living my life, Dave. <laughs> oh, I went to a, uh, a friend of mine got some free tickets to uh, Kurt Braunoller's show at uh, oh, the local rad. comedy show club. Nice. The local comedy show club? Yeah, let's just leave that in. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> things are going to be a little bit looser this time, guys. Matt, have you ever run into uh, Mr. Cleveland? I think his name is uh, Mr. Cleveland. You're going to have to give me a little bit more on that. Okay, dude. Mr. Cleveland, um if you just search for, this is not a joke. If you just search for Mr. Cleveland, the first thing that comes up is superpimp.com, the official website of Cle- of the Cleveland Nightlife General. Um Mr. Cleveland is a dude who is like in his probably like 50s. With, like, a kind of a porn stash, and he just, like, he just, like, rolls around in, like, a pink suit and just, like, hangs out in Cleveland, and he is Mr. Cleveland, and, like, that is, and he's got, like, a crazy, super dark tan, and that is just what this dude does. Like, that is his life. He uh, just rolls around Cleveland. I have never at like clubs. I have never met this man. No, no. Just look him up. Just look. No, up I'm Mr. looking Cleveland. at him now. Um, it is weird because he has the exact same smile in all of his pictures, as though he's oh, yeah. wearing some sort of grizzly mask. I know this dude has a lot of suits, and these are expensive suits. Yeah, this is very much a. Uh, I feel like this guy rolls around from club to club and not from bar to bar, which is why yeah, no, we do not is... run into each other. That is precisely what he does, uh, um, I believe. Although this this one picture looks like it could be the ABC. Those are some those are some bright suits. Yeah, man, that those is are some, <laughs> those oh, are some loud. That is not loud suits. Oh, it's even actually it's on his website. The suits. The most recognizable visual about me is the colorful dress suits I wear. Boom. 
Okay. Also included are the names given to each one, my favorite experience wearing that suit, and pictures. View all suits. Okay, I'm not going to do this right now because we're in the middle of doing our podcast, but rest assured, uh, listeners, I'm going to be investigating. Do a little bit more research. Yeah, I'm going to do a little bit more reading up on Mr. Cleveland. So, uh, no, that's rad, man. That sounds like a really good time. Yeah, it was fun, but as a result, I am a little uh, a little wiped this morning. So message it. Well, we have to. We're uh, what do you call it? We had to record a little early because I have some guests coming in from out of town. The reason I have guests coming in from out of town, Matt, is I think I mentioned this to you. We have some out of town family coming in because one of my cousins cousins in law, I guess I don't know. It's one of Beth's like biological cousins. All right, is going to college at um, SUNY Buffalo or oh, not SUNY right. Buffalo University of Buffalo. Whatever. Going to UB, which read, uh, listeners, of course, you don't know, but our family is from Buffalo, and uh, like a lot of generations of our family have gone to UB. True, true, true. And you know what I... Oh, my gosh. You know what I didn't do, Matt? What did you not do? Because they're coming in this afternoon. I could have asked them to pick up bocce's for me. Dave. brought it... Oh, I feel like you've made a pretty big error. Bocce's... Okay, yeah. guys. Yeah, I have. Um, Dave, let's just talk about Bocce's for a minute. Yeah, okay, forget our other plans. We'll save the second star for another day. Our new second star is Bocce's Pizza. Bocce's Pizza. Dear listeners, if any of you happen to be living in Buffalo, you probably already know what we're talking about. But, you might. Uh, I hope, if you don't, I hope you do. Or I hope you learn. Look it up. Get some. Today. Yeah. It's. Is it the best pizza we've ever eaten, Matt? It's a pretty it's great best, pizza. I think it's the best pizza I've ever eaten. I'm I'm fairly confident in saying that. It's the best pizza I've ever eaten. It's very much of its sort of own style. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not the same as other pizzas. Like, the sauce is a little different than I'm used to, and the pepperonis are a little thicker. And, and it is, uh, it's not a New York-style pizza. Like, it is not like a New York City-style pizza. It is kind of its own thing. But I still say it's the best pizza I've ever eaten. You know what it is, It is man? certainly my favorite pizza. I figured this out. The sauce. You say the sauce is different? Yeah. You know why? Why? It's not sauce. It's just tomato paste. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There was one time I was making pizza at home, and I didn't like I didn't have sauce, but I did have tomato paste. And I was just like, ah, forget it. I'll just do tomato paste. And I did the pizza, and I was like, this is what bocce's tastes like. This is how they do it. And so they don't use sauce. They just use tomato paste. They're fairly generous with the cheese. Um, there's a lot of oregano in the pizza. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, dude, those pepperonis, those little pepperonis. Those sort of okay. thick pepperonis that get a little oh, burned dude. around the edges. Yeah. Okay. So they don't use, like, large, thin-sliced pepperoni. They use a smaller pepperoni, and they cut it thick. And so what happens, guys, is when it bakes... Uh, it curls up, and the edges of the pepperoni get a little burnt and a little crispy. And then the the oil that cooks out of the pepperoni when the pepperonis heat up sits in the little cup, the little meat cup of the pepperoni, and then it just sits on the pizza. And it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, man. Uh, their wings are also great. Yeah, their wings are killer. You know what's weird? What's weird, that, Dave? Uh, somebody... Okay, so if you don't know this, uh, Buffalo Wings, obviously, invented in Buffalo. Yep. And specifically, they were invented at a bar called the Anchor Bar. But I have... We still have family that lives in Buffalo. I've never been to the Anchor Bar. I've been going to Buffalo, like, my whole life. Never been there. And one year, I was like, I, you know, we, 
we should go. I was talking to like our Uncle Pete, I think, or something. And I was like, we should go to the Anchor Bar and get wings. I've never been there. And he was basically like, eh. He's like, they're okay. They're not that great. Yeah, you know, like, I feel like a lot of places that are like the first to make something, like, are they're not the best to make something. Because, like, have you ever seen, I forget what it was called. It was something on the Food Network where they were talking about, like, hamburgers and the origin of hamburgers. Oh, and they're like, yeah. oh, like, like here's this something. one place somewhere up in New England where they, yeah, they put it on, like, toast and, like, there's nothing on it. And it just, it looks like this miserable little, like, almost slider made out of things that they had, like, scrounged up from the kitchen because they had run out of ingredients. Like, <laughs> it does not look like a tasty burger. Yeah, man. Uh... But it's, uh, yeah, dude, this pizza and the wings. Oh, by the way, if you want to do buffalo wings at home, like real full-on buffalo wings, like to really, really do it. Hot tip The ingredients folks. are, hot tip, the ingredients are butter and Frank's Red Hot. Specifically Frank's Red Hot. Like that is the sauce that you use. Yes, and it that's is. It. That's it. That's the whole thing. Always blue cheese, never ranch. Celery and carrots are optional if, you so, if you're so inclined. But butter or margarine, if you like, but I prefer, but butter is better. Butter and Frank's Red Hot. Anybody else who says anything different is lying to you or just wrong. Okay, so that is our second star, Dave. Our third star of the week is um, I have decided okay. that I am going to start doing a little more research for this show. I, oh, uh, okay. Now, there's not much I can do in the way of research. Because we're already watching the show, and it's not like there's a, a history of Die Ranger book that I can be reading. But um, <laughs> okay. I was on Twitter this last week, and I had put up a picture from last week's episode with the three priestesses. Okay, yeah. And one of our uh, Twitter folks, um, it's uh, kid, at KidFlashDBN, um, he pointed out, like, oh, this was in... Like, such and such episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. All right. And, it, and then I remembered, like, oh, like, I can watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Netflix. And so I can watch... You can? Oh, yeah, dude. All of Power Rangers. Like, like Mighty Morphin, Zeo, like, I, up through, like, last season is all on Netflix. It's crazy. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I'm Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so what I decided to do is I am going to start watching the episodes where the footage correlates to the episode of Die Ranger that we're watching. Oh, that sounds that's dude, that's a good idea. Now, mostly it's just going to be looking at the monsters because you know, like most of the Ranger footage doesn't get carried over. Like the White Ranger, yeah, footage no, does. obviously. Yeah. Um, and actually, the episodes that I watched this week were uh, the White Light Part One and Two, which is when Tommy comes back as the White Ranger. Oh, okay. Um, which, I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, I thought that reveal was a big surprise. Watching it now, like, it's it's pretty it's transparent. Pretty... <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, but there was one thing in particular I wanted to point out, and I'll talk about the monster later on when we're actually reviewing the episode. But something I noticed is that they show the, uh, you know, the five thunder... 
Dinozords or whatever they were called. The Thunderzords. I think they were just the Thunderzords. Yeah, yeah. Which were the, Thunderzords. You know, which were the Kaiden beasts. Right. Right. When they show Ruseo, uh-huh. or, you know, the red dragon thunder tiger right. sword. Um, when they show Ruseo, uh-huh. if you look very closely, you can see that they picked footage that has a tiny toy Ryu riding on his head. Really? Yeah, and I never noticed it as a kid because, like, <laughs> why would there be a different Red Ranger riding the top of it? In, but, like, I paused it and I, like, walked up to the TV screen and looked very closely. And, yeah, like, it's not, you know, it's not the, <laughs> it's not Jason or Rocky. Like, it is Ryu. Like, he is wearing that costume. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm looking forward to stuff like that. <laughs> That's great. It's really weird to see uh, the White Ranger as Tommy, like, doing the weird, like, co, like, scrambling around. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. How do they play that off? Well, Dave, I mean, a lot of the footage, they actually do reshoots. Because, you know, Tommy has his own, like, you know, Jason David Frank has his own White Ranger suit that he wears in a lot of the shots. Yeah. But, um, I guess they just try to like cherry pick like the scenes where he is not like flailing around like an idiot <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> yeah i guess you would want to not because i mean like jason david frank has like he's got some skills oh yeah right? I, mean, I mean like he, he is like he legit... is like a martial arts yeah. guy right yeah i mean he is he has transitioned into a sort of what seems to be sort of an on-again, off-again MMA career, because every time I hear about it, it's like, oh, yeah, Jason David Frank is doing MMA. And then I'll, like, go to Wikipedia and look up his record. It's like, he has fought three times. <laughs> um, although that that might not be up to date. Anyway, so that's my star, is that I am going to be watching them Power Rangers, Dave. Nice. What, uh, what do you got for fourth star? So... Fourth star, Matt. Fourth star, right? Yeah, fourth star. Yeah, fourth so star. So fourth star, Matt, I just got uh, Saints Row 4, Get Out of Hell. Oh, tell me everything. I talked a, bit, a little bit about it before, like just that I was excited about it coming out. It came out. I'm playing it now. Uh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Like I don't want to say too, too much about it because a lot of the things that make it great are uh, – it's just really funny. Like it's genuinely funny. Uh, and so I don't want to like ruin the jokes, but what's nice about it is that the developers, Volition, I think, yeah, it's Volition Studios. Uh, you know, they know why you're there. They know what you want. They know you're not there for like a giant exposition. So like, you start the game. The intro sequence is like under three minutes long. It's funny, and then within five minutes, you are like stealing cars and shooting demons in the face. That sounds perfect. Um, yeah. No, it's exactly what you want. And, like, they don't make you, like, mess around and, like, wait for your powers. Like, one of the big draws is you get wings and you can fly. Uh-huh. And you get those wings in under five minutes. Nice. Maybe, okay, maybe under ten. But, like, ten minutes into that game, you have wings and you're flying. Because that's what you want. They're like, right. no, That's what's on the cover. Around. That's what you showed up for. <laughs> right. You showed up for wings. Here you go. Uh, so, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, pizza, awesome video games. Matt, our fifth star. Okay, you know what, Matt? 
It's a loosey-goosey episode here at Live and Let Die Ranger. Things are up a little bit early. <laughs> early. Uh, forget Don't the judge star. me, man. I forget the fifth star. Uh, we talked about Get Out of Hell. I want to talk about Raptor Call of Shadows for a second. I wish you would. Yeah. Okay, so guys, Raptor Call of Shadows, it's, um, it's like an old, top-down uh, plane. It, what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? Um, you're in like a fighter jet and it's top down and there's like enemies coming at you and you're like flying around and shooting them. There is a name and, for that genre. I just cannot yeah, think I of don't what, know it what it is. Hold on. Let me but we, we had this game when we were, dude, how old were we? Oh, I don't know. Junior high. Yeah. Something like that, man. And, uh, I remembered it. I mean, we've talked about it for years. We lost the disc ages ago. I found it a while ago. And I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. And I put it on my computer, and I sort of forgot about it. <clears throat> I've been playing it again. And uh, it holds up, dude. This game holds up. I think I got it for, I think it was like $4 or something, maybe. I forget even where I got it. But it's it's still really fun. Like, this game is probably 20 years old. and uh, it's still... I can tell you exactly. I have it open. Uh, yes, it's 20 years old. It came out in 1994. Oh, Wow, okay, I didn't realize it was exactly 20 years old. But yeah, this game is 24 years old. Uh, it holds up. Nope. It's super fun. And it's... Dude, I know, I forget how hard video games used to be. Like, video games used to be really hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, particularly this one. I mean, this genre of game is always hard. But oh, I, yeah, I remember dude. this one being a bear it is. It is nasty. And that's even... It's nasty even kind of cheating. How are you cheating? Well, okay. I'm not cheating. But I don't know if you remember this. But, okay. Real quickly, like, you can buy weapon power-ups, but you can also pick up weapon power-ups, like, in the levels. And the weapon power-ups you pick in the levels can be sold back to, like, the store for money. And in, like, level four, I think, like, really early on, there's, like, a fairly valuable weapon power-up. And so you can just, like, run level four, like, the beginning of level four over and over and over again. Gotcha. To, like, keep picking up this weapon. It's the dumbfire missiles, if you remember them. Oh, dude, I, I remember the dumbfire yeah. missiles. So uh, you can just That's pick That's going to sound like missiles. nonsense words to anyone who hasn't played <laughs> Raptor College Shadows. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um. But yeah, you could just go pick up dumb fire missiles like over and over and over again and then sell them. And then you get like a tracking laser that murders things. Right so I de- you should definitely get it. I it's should, totally although like the old game that I am... I, I actually have it open on my computer right now. I'm about to figure out a way to download it. Is uh, Scorched Earth, the mother of all games. No way. Yeah, bro. Dude, I love that game. Yeah, of course you do. It's the mother of all games. Yeah, that game is fantastic. Uh, it's If anyone hasn't played Scorched Earth, it's like a... It's like an old tank game. It's like a, it's like shoot... You know what it is, Matt? It's like Worms. It's like Worms Armageddon, sort of. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, if you've played that game, Scorched Earth is the mother of that game. Yes. And, and of all you games. Know, all other games. Uh... <laughs> I have it open, Dave. Um, let's see how big this game is. Released in 1991. Full download available. It is 634 kilobytes. Six- 
dude, I am continually, dude. We live in we live in the future. We live in like science fiction times, uh, which is crazy. I saw a picture of like an old old hard drive, and like dudes were loading this thing out of like a cargo plane with like a tractor, like you know, it's like a forklift or something. And it was like this thing weighed like you know three thousand pounds and had a data storage capacity of like. 24 megabytes or something dude i remember when we were kids and we went to uh dc and we took a tour of the fbi building okay and um there was they were like oh and our database you know it's like the fbi's database has one terabyte of space which at the time was like you know incomprehensible right yeah like that was like that only existed on like you know star trek or whatever but (laughs) Now, you can just, like, go to Target and buy, like, a one terabyte solid-state hard drive for, like, I don't know, like, a hundred bucks or something. They're not free, I, mean, yeah, but... I don't know how much it is, but, yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. Um, okay. Okay. So, well, those are the five stars, Those are yeah? our five stars of the week. Um, so, a whole bunch of video <laughs> a whole bunch of video games and... Pe- oh, dude. This is maybe the nerdiest five stars we've ever done. It was literally just, like, I'm up early, pizza, and then video games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um... Let's. Uh, I am going to take a break. We're both going to take a break. I'm going to drink a mug of tea. Try to wake up for the second half of this, and uh, we'll be back. <laughs> Episode 19 is called "The Heart Throbbing Pretty Girl." Uh, it is the sort of uh, finish of the story arc that introduces Ko. Um, if you'll recall, so does that mean we will see him less a little bit for a little while? Because that'd be great. Um, I'd be real into I, that. I, I forget. He he sort of comes and goes. Okay, well, we'll see. But uh, there we have it, and we'll see you back here in just a minute. All right. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 19. Uh, Dave, what just happened? All right, Matt. So what happens in this episode, it's actually not the end of the co, or it doesn't seem like it is, the end of the co sort of little mini arc that we're getting to introduce the character yeah sorry that was my mistake yeah no i mean (laughs) i didn't know so whatever um so in this episode ko meets a little girl uh, that's new in his class they continue to fight the monsters the three priestesses which of course are now the two priestesses ko bonds a little bit with the team and then it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger so we don't totally know what's going to happen next I mean, I think oh. we can guess, but like, you know. Sure. Uh, okay, so as we start out, um, we open the episode on a Kamaru. Yeah, right. So, oh, actually, in the recap of the episode, like the recap of the previous episodes, they say something about that Akamaru is, the, or Akamaru is a new Goma commander, which I didn't, I thought he was sort of like in charge of this, you know, this like little thing. Oh, like he'd been put in charge of some sort of subcommittee? Yeah, but he is apparently, like, a new commander. Like, he is a much bigger deal, I think, than we were initially led to believe. Yeah, he is of equal influence to the other three. Yeah, which is crazy. Although Um, not uh, not actually, like, allied with them. In any way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess they're both Goma, but he sort of hates them all. So, like you said, Matt, we open up, Akamaro, he's, like, rolling around in his little, like, Kotoro Potoro rickshaw thing, and uh, shot him, right? 
Yeah, Shadam yeah, is his father. Is his dad. So Shadam sort of like fade teleports in. There's like a little sound effect that comes with it. And uh, we find something out about the Goma, Matt. Yeah, so they have this conversation where Akamaru is really trying to get the White Ranger to reveal his identity, right? Yeah. Though I think he I think he already knows or like he's got he a pretty good suspects. idea. Yeah, but he doesn't like know for sure and he really wants to you know, like get it locked down. Right. And so what he's trying to do is he's trying to get uh Code to reveal himself and then he's trying to Basically turn him to the dark side. Yeah. So uh, Going back to our sort of previous uh, yeah. Star Wars analogies for this show. Okay. Well, and this actually, this makes a lot of sense because we now kind of figure out like what the deal is with the Goma. Because Akamaru says to his dad, he's like, well, you know what powers the Goma. Like, you know where we get our power from. And Shadam is like, oh, yeah, hatred. Like, the power of hatred is what fuels the Goma. So this is all kind of... Like, that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Right, like, because Shadam was saying, like, why don't we just kill this jerk? Like you, like, you seem to know who he is. Or, like, you know, like, we found him before. Yeah, just kill Like, him. why don't we just murder Problem this guy? Solved. That seems like a much better plan. But yeah, and Akamaru is like, 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 no, no, no. Yeah. Like, this kid, like, once I get the ball rolling, it was going to be so full of hatred that he's going to be a really excellent... Not only is he going to turn to the Goma, he's going to be an amazing Goma. Yeah, and I think this this also sheds a little light on all the stuff that, like, the Goma have been doing up to now. Because they're just like, why are you here? I don't know, to cause suffering. It's like, oh, right, okay. So if the Goma are, like, fueled by hatred, maybe just being dicks to everyone, <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's how they charge it up. You know, uh, so he says the power of hatred is what fuels us. And then Akamaru, stone cold. He's like, yeah, that's why I'm so powerful is because I hate you and my mother so much. Yeah, like I hate you so, so much that I have managed to succeed this far. Yeah, despite the fact that I'm like 11 years old or something. So and then that's it, right? I think that conversation, he basically like drops the mic and like rolls away on his rickshaw. Yeah, and which, then we shift to... <laughs> which I think if you could, like, drop the mic and then do anything, riding away in a rickshaw has got to be top ten. Yeah, like, into the mists that have appeared <laughs> right. for you. Like, you just, you drop the mic, you, like, sit back in your rickshaw, and then just get pulled away. That would be amazing. <laughs> if I were a competitive rapper, I would acquire a rickshaw uh, for specifically that purpose, I think. Particularly if I was, like, a Chinese rapper... Well, I mean, there's a few things getting in the way of that. Yeah. No, dude. Have you ever heard? I know you are not like a. No, a you're rap- not Chinese. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, if one were, if one were a Chinese rapper, I think is what I would do. Do you ever listen to rap in other languages? No, I have not. It uh, like weirdly, like some, like some languages, like it just doesn't work. Like it doesn't sound right. Like it sounds very strange. Okay. Other languages, it sounds so much better than it does in English. I'm sort of amazed that they didn't invent it before English speakers did. Really? Yeah. Is Chinese one of those? Yeah. Chinese rap sounds amazing because it's already a very like um, sort of like clipped language. Like there's a lot of like hard sounds. And so it it's a very like chopped off sounding language, whereas like English... Is a is a flowier language. It's a rounder language. Okay, 
And it sounds really like look it up sometime. It sounds really fantastic in uh, in Chinese. Of course, that also sounds really cool in French. Maybe rapping is just cool. Rap is just cool because it sounds great in French. And French is like the roundest, flowiest language there is. French got rap heat does sound really cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, <laughs> he drops the mic. He rolls on, <laughs> and um, we shift to Rin's apartment. Yeah. Where so, Rin is trying to wake up Ko because he's late for school. Like, super early. It's like sunrise. Which, I mean, whatever. It's Japanese school, so maybe they just start crazy early. Uh, but he's still asleep. So, and remember he lives, if you guys don't remember, he lives in her, like, attic crawl space? I'm not really sure what the deal is. It seems weird that an apartment has an attic, but it does. And they haven't set up any sort of staircase. There's just still, like, a ladder going to it as though <laughs> right. it's, um, oh, gosh, what's that guy from Clarissa Explains It All? Um, Who always Max? used to come up to her. Max? It could have been Max. Sam? Was it Sam? Max. It may have been Sam. Now I'm just thinking, I might just be thinking of Sam because you said Max, and I just want to be thinking yeah, about Sam and yeah, Max. Yeah. Did, did you know that there's a, uh, there was a, a short-lived sequel to Clarissa Explains It All, also starring Melissa Joan Hart? Really? Yeah. But she'd already like, explained everything. Well, she, I don't know, she basically explains how to be an adult, I think. Uh, it apparently was not very good. I've never, I've literally never seen an episode about it. I just read about it. I've never even heard about it, so I, there you go. Well, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't before this article. And so, uh, but there's like a ladder going upstairs, and then... Um, and so she climbs up the ladder and is trying to wake him up, and he is just like, he doesn't even have a bed. He just has like a hammock. There's nothing wrong with that. That's That's legit. Hammocks are fan pretty, pretty Actually, great. thinking back on it, like living in like a weird attic crawl space, sleeping on a hammock is probably every like ten year old boy's dream. Yeah, it's totally rad. Like have um, your own place, it's cool. Yeah, and uh, Rin is wearing a skirt, and so as Which, soon as she, yeah, yeah, I think you know where this is yeah. going. Okay, um, so he. Like, she goes up, she climbs up the ladder, which is very nice to, like, wake him up. And she's like, hey, you're going to be late for school. And as soon as she is standing, like, next to the hammock, he, like, flips her skirt up to, like, check out her underclothes. Yeah. And, okay. Here is the thing about this. Is not only is it gross and bad, but, like, he has been lying in wait. Yeah, like he did not just not... wake up. Like he's been awake. Yeah, like he, he is... says like plan succeeded. Yeah, like I got, I, I did it. <laughs> so he is so like obsessed with perving on Rin that not only is he going to do it when it's convenient, he is going to be late for school and get and probably get punished. Like for yeah. the briefest moment of uh, like weird childhood lasciviousness. Yeah, this is like this is like the Todd level of like laying in wait. You know? Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, like it is starting to affect his life in a, like a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So he jumps down. Uh, he like jumps down the ladder, like runs out the door. Oh, don't forget that he makes fun of her underwear. Oh yeah. Yeah, because thank it's not you. sexy enough. Yeah, he's like Rin. You're wearing basically like old lady, like granny panties, and then like mocks her about it. It's like, oh, dude, it's the worst. Just awful. Um, and so yeah, he rides like, to school. He like, <laughs> like, 
like he's riding just a skateboard. Puts, sorry, like just, like everything he does, like after that, like it just puts such a bad taste in my mouth about him, like as a character. Like even when terrible things happen to him, which they do, which they do, yeah, they happen to him a lot. Yeah, I'm just like, ah, I just don't even. I don't even they feel make that it bad. very hard to root for this kid. Yeah. And yeah. then they try to make you root for him, like in the same episode. Yeah, it's weird. As Maybe though this, this is, is just, just sort not... of like some like fun personality quirk that he has. Right. And I would think that like, oh, maybe this is just like a weird thing about, you know, like maybe this is just like puckish rogue behavior in Japan. But the other rangers like get upset about it. They're like, no, you can't do that. Like this is hugely inappropriate. So we know that it's not like everybody recognizes that this is bad. And, uh, and then Except, they try to make I guess it for Kel. Like, it's very weird. Okay, so anyways, so he, uh, so he leaves, and he's... I don't get why he's riding his skateboard this way. Like, he's... Um, yeah, he's, he's not standing on it. He's, like... Like, kneeboarding. He's kneeling on it? He's, like, kneeboarding on it, yeah. And then, like, he's holding onto the ground with, like... Or he's holding onto the sides of the skateboard with his hands, which seems like a real great way to, like, scrape your knuckles up pretty nastily. Um, yeah, I, it doesn't... Because he could ride the skateboard. Like, we know for a fact that he can. Right. He can, you know, he can jump over people on a skateboard. Well, I think as the Kiva Ranger, he can. No, no. He did it. Um, didn't he do it before he was the Kiva Ranger? He didn't jump over a truck, but he did jump over. Um, he oh, jumped over right. Shoji. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So he clearly, like, knows how to skateboard. So it makes no sense. To, what? Okay, whatever. So he gets to. <laughs> He gets to school. Hey, maybe he's so good at it that he has transcended to another level and has discovered a new technique of skateboarding. Dude, I don't even... Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever, go. I mean, I can't ride a skateboard, so... But, okay, so the so he, uh, so he gets to school, and he, like, sneaks in the back and somehow doesn't get in trouble for it, but whatever. And there is a new girl. There's a new girl in class. Yeah, and she's standing up in front of the class and being introduced... Um, and Ko looks up and is immediately smitten with this girl. She is the titular, heart-throbbing pretty girl. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's like, hi, class. Hi, new girl. Her name is Kasumi, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, and then as Ko is sitting down, someone like pulls his chair out from under him. And everybody laughs at him. And then that's kind of... And then the scene ends, basically. Yeah, so he falls on the floor. And uh, everyone laughs at him. And a, uh, <laughs> but he manages to sort of brush it off. He smiles. He throws up like a peace sign. He smiles at the the girl, and she yeah. smiles back at him. And so you know, we can tell that yeah, despite it's... having a rough start, this is going to be a pretty good day for Cal. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, cool. So next scene, it's after school. Uh, Shoji and Kazu pull up in like a pretty slick ride. I think that la- I thought the last time we saw Kazu driving, he was in like kind of a just like a sedan or something, and this is like a cherry red like convertible sports car. Like this is a pretty this is a cool car. Yeah, the weird thing is it seems like Kazu has money. Like he yeah. always is the one who has a car and he's got like nice clothes, but he's just like he cuts hair. Maybe uh, and maybe he always he owns the place. 
You know what I mean? I don't think so. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe that's why he's allowed to just walk off in the middle of haircuts all the time. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, otherwise, I feel like he'd be getting in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, maybe he is a, uh, you know, he's he owns the... the Successful entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of weirdly stumbled over that. But, yeah, it's you know, he owns the joint. So they pull up, and Kazu is complaining. He's like, I don't know why we're here. Like, I've been working all day. I don't want to, like, spend my afternoon hanging out with this kid. And Shoji, they never really, ex- they don't totally explain why they're there. I, I get the impression it's supposed to be like a, uh, sort of like a big brother, yeah, like sort of intervention. Like let's let's hang out with this kid and you know try to socialize him. And also right. he says, well, like what, like part of the reason we're here is because basically he's been fondling Ren, and like somebody <laughs> needs need to, to like, like talk to this kid, set him straight. And then it's like this real quick. And Shoji's like, yeah, man, I'm super envious. And Kazu's like, wait, what? And Shoji's like, uh, oh, man, nothing, never nothing. Don't worry nothing, about nothing. it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And then like, they never bring it up again. So Shoji is clearly either A, into Rin, or B, also wishes he had like the guts to express his inner pervert. I don't know. I think it's the latter, because he also said the same thing when uh, Gramps was in town. He's like, this guy's a pervert, but he's pretty cool. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so continuing our uh, theory that Shoji is the worst ranger. Worst adult ranger at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. They're both Although he's bad. not all bad, which we'll see later in the episode. Yeah. So, well, I think he, he sees himself in Young Ko. Then that they were both sort of awful people. <laughs> so they're sitting in the car, like, okay, like let's pick up Ko. Ko just rides by on the skateboard, tosses his backpack to the two other guys, like, hey, take care of this for me, and keeps <laughs> yeah, on he basically, rolling. Like later nerds and like keeps rolling. Uh which is amazing. <laughs> Like, that is almost as good of a move as, like, being ridden away into the mist on your magical rickshaw. (laughs) Right. Just later. Boom. So he's out. Uh, So he skates away. Akamaru shows up uh, with that noisemaker. Dude, that noisemaker. I just... It doesn't make any sense to me. You've got to come to peace with the noisemaker, Dave. <sighs> Dude, I know. It's just so weird. This is like I think this is like the fourth or fifth thing in the show that you've been like, this is terrible. And the only response I have is, it's not going away. You just have to get used to it. <laughs> he just Because he just sits there. It's like, and you know what's okay? Here's the thing I think that bugs me about it a little bit. They don't even use the noisemaker noise. They just have like a slide whistle noise that they play over it. Yeah. Which, um... It, do you listen to this show, Dave? Like, do you listen to the podcast? Yeah. Okay, a few episodes ago, we put in that noise as, like, one of the interstitial uh, sound stingers. Mm-hmm. So you've probably heard it if you... Yeah. You, the, you the listener, have probably heard it if you if this yeah, is not your first episode. it doesn't make any sense. If this is your first episode, um... <laughs> sorry? <laughs> right. Like, I you feel, should probably hop back and get a little background. I feel like you might be very confused as to what's happening right now. Uh, okay, so... So, Akamaru shows up, uh, you know, the remaining priestesses attack, they're trying to, basically what they're doing is they're trying to get him to uh, tension, which is apparently a verb, which I didn't know. They're trying to get him to order. I think it just means change. Oh, does it? Yeah. I don't know why they would Tension or tension or whatever it is, is to change, I think. Oh. Okay. Uh, So, 
All right, so okay, so regardless, so they're trying to get him to change, sort of like yeah, out in like, the open to expose, yeah, like, like, come like, yes, on, like this Hulk is out, man. the guy. We want to see that it's you. Like, and if you don't change, we're just going to kill you, right? And so Ko is like trying to resist. He doesn't want to like give up his secret identity. Okay, but, but here's then the great thing oh. is that <laughs> yes, like he's about. Were you about to say the same thing? Because he's like, I think oh, so. No. And the reason he doesn't is because. Like, the Kiba Ranger's magical sword... Which he has on him. His head pops out from outside of Ko's windbreaker and says, like, oh, you can't change out in the open. (laughs) But, like, it's right there. That is exactly what I was going to say. people are, like, three feet away from him. Like, why, like... There is no way that they didn't see that. (laughs) Like, the fact that he is carrying that sword is pretty good evidence that, yeah, that's the Kiba Ranger. There he is. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that is... Yes, that is exactly what I was going to say. Um, and then he, like, is the coder. They call the coder poder up, I think. But then. Uh, the, no, that, no, no, no. That, the other that, that comes show in a up. second because That's right. um, Kazu and uh, Shoji catch up with Ko. Yeah. And, okay, this is crazy. Check this out. They're running, Kazu and Shoji are, they're running over to help, and they aura change, like, mid run. Without the aura changers. We've seen that before. Have they? Yeah, it's always sort of like mid-run, but we've seen it a few times. Okay, I don't remember having seen that, and I was just like, whoa! Like, is this like a new, you know, like a level of power for the rangers that they can like summon up their aura changer? But if we've seen it before, you know, whatever. So as Shoji and Kazu are fighting... Ko is, like, running and, like, getting chased by Akamaru, and he kind of gets cornered, but he manages to hide, and he's like, what am I going to do? I got an aura change. There's no way I'm going to get away from this. And Byako, his sword, is like, no, 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 here's the deal. Stick me in the ground. They don't explain what's going to happen, but I'll just tell you. Stick me in the ground, and then I will start talking, and then they will think that I'm the Kiba Ranger, because remember, Byako does all the talking for the Kiba Ranger, and then you can, like, get away while they're looking for me, and it'll also, it'll help, like, shield your identity, basically. Yeah, so he sticks it in the ground, like, behind a bush, and then runs away. So they do that. Yeah. You know, gets kind of zapped, and then Byako's voice comes out from behind the bush, they go looking for him. Uh, Ko is able to change sort of in secret. Then he runs back, gets the sword, and then they go on and fight in earnest. And he's doing pretty well this time. He's actually doing a lot better than he was last time. I think yeah, he's probably getting used to like the power and the fighting and so forth. Definitely like, um, less spazzy, I would say. And then he sort of stops for a moment and he's like, oh, oh no, I'm late. And he just leaves. Yeah. He just like turns around and <laughs> leaves. Ditches the other rangers to their combat, I guess. Yeah. I I would like to think that he assumes they have it under control. I think he honestly just doesn't care. Yeah, I would not assume that. So we see him leave, and then he just shows up at an amusement park. Yeah. So, so the scene changes. I mean, that's the end of that scene. We assume that the other rangers are fine, but we don't actually know. Uh, I think we do get a little bit where... Um, like oh, a- after the right. way, after the keeper ranger leaves, Akamaru is like, "Oh well, I, I guess we will also leave." Yeah, no, and no, so no, he teleports right. away and brings all the cut of butter with him. Yeah, so Ko he does he ditches this the other rangers to hit this amusement park with this new girl Kasumi, the girl who we met earlier at school, 
And he does this like he does like hand scissors like with his fingers and he makes like a little scissoring sound. And the girl even is like, what's up with that? And then he doesn't reference like he doesn't explain it. He just keeps talking. Yeah, I have no idea what he was doing there. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if it's like a little if it's like a thing in Japan. If anybody knows, feel free to like tweet at us or something. But he's just like chukka and then he keeps talking. And so they just have, you know, they just have a very nice day at the amusement park. Like there's yeah. really nothing exciting that goes on. They go on some roller coasters. Well, it's exciting for them. Near the end of the day. Uh, but okay, wait, wait, hold up for a second. So they go to an amusement park and literally like every time we see them, Matt, that they're not on like a roller coaster, they're eating something. They've got like ice creams and Cokes and candies. And I wonder where this money's coming from. Like amusement parks are expensive. These kids are like twelve. Where is where are they getting the dollars for this? My assumption, I, as I think about it, my assumption is that he stole the money from Ren. That's what I'm that's, going to That is assume. exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where he gets the money for this date. He stole it from his friend. So they are sitting around after having enjoyed a lovely day at the amusement park. And uh, the girl asks, sort of out of the blue, like, hey, Ko, what's, uh, what's your mom like? Yeah, and Ko's like, uh... She's not around, but she loves me. You she know, loves me. She'll be back. I believe that she's not dead. We get uh, we see that flashback again with uh, him getting branded. Yeah, which is weird. I'm waiting for the explanation on that. I assume there's an explanation for that. At there some will point, be. Matt. Yeah. Okay. It's a whole so, thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, there's Fur Elise playing in the background, which I don't quite get, but whatever. Um, and then, you know... If, listen, if someone asks you out of the blue what your mother is like, your next move is probably going to be asking them what their mother is like. Like, that is how conversation works, you know, with yeah. humans. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> like, Ko, after he has his weird flashback and comes back into his, you know, right frame of mind, is like, oh, so what's your mother like? And she just stonewalls him and turns her <laughs> face away. <laughs> right. She's it's like, just... you had to expect that was coming. Listen, man. Maybe Kasumi, Maybe she like wanted to. Uh, foreshadowing here, Kasumi's mother is sort of terrible. Um, oh, not sort of. Kasumi's mother is terrible. Okay, yeah, she's awful. And so you know, maybe she like wanted to talk about it, and then when she actually sort of like the opportunity was there, she's like, oh, I just can't, and she turns away. So the scene shifts a little bit. Uh, it's nighttime. They're holding hands. They're walking back. I was like, oh, I hope I didn't keep you out too late. Like, this seems to have developed into, like, a full-on teenager-style date. Yeah. I mean, and, they're 10, but other than that, it's a teenager-style <laughs> right. date. Well, like, so they get back to Kasumi's house. And, uh, you know, like, as she is walking up, the woman, which they don't say, like, right then, but is clearly her mother, is, like, walking out. Like... And she is clearly, like, she's, like, dressed up. Like, she's going out for the evening. Yeah. And, uh, like, Kasumi walks up and, like, latches onto her, gives her a hug. It's like, oh, mom, hello. Like, how are you? I love you. At which point her mother, like, shoves her away and says, don't touch me with those filthy hands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, mom. Oh, and she's like, there's nothing for dinner. Like, just buy yourself something and eat that. Yeah, it's okay. Here's a good... Let's just talk about this for a second. Her mom is a monster. I mean, okay, she's not like a Goma monster. Like, I I guess I should be more specific in a show that actually has monsters. We do know that for sure that she's not a Goma monster. Um, I don't... 
I, I honestly don't recall, but at no point in this episode is yeah. she a Gala monster. If she is, we don't know it yet. She's just right. a plain old regular human monster. Yeah, and she is, uh, like, she is cartoon evil, and not, like, a reasonable cartoon. She's, like, snidely whiplash evil. <laughs> Yeah, like if she, she was like, like if it was a with father instead of a mother, he would be like twirling his mustache and like considering tying her to a railroad track. That is how yeah. much she dislikes her daughter. And so, Ko obviously, who has like mother things of his own happening, is like put out by this. But uh, Kasumi's like, no, 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 it's fine, and she just like goes inside, and that's that's like that's kind of the end of the scene. Now, at this point, um, the rest of the rangers find Ko. Because they've been looking for him since the end of that fight. No, no, no. They don't find him. He just shows up back at Rin's place, right? Because they're all, like, gathered together, and he, like, arrives or something. In any case, I forget the exact details. But, yeah, uh, but the yeah, point is, is like, they he shows hook up, back up. Yeah. And they are furious with this kid. Yeah, they basically give him the, like, we've been worried sick, where have you been? So, scene shift, and it cuts to Shoji and Ko sitting in, like, a playground. Yeah. Like, they're like hanging a, out on the jungle gym or whatever. Yeah. There's, and, like, a slide and, like, some monkey bars and stuff. And they're just sort of sitting quietly, because Shoji realizes there's something wrong, and Ko is very sad, and he's not, he doesn't want to talk about it. But, like, this is good Shoji. Yeah, you know, this is like, about as good as we see Shoji. Yeah. Shoji redeems himself a lot in this scene. Like, he's trying, man. That's basically what Shoji does. Like, Shoji is, like, a thoughtless jerk um, and kind of a perv. And then once every couple episodes, we get to see, like, a really nice version of Shoji that reminds you that he is not all bad. Um, And that's this. Like, he is just hanging out with this kid who is sad and trying to figure out why he's sad. Um, (laughs) This is, uh, you know what? I'm going to start calling this version of Shoji Bullet Shoji the Warrior of Love. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. So he's hanging out with Bullet Shoji, and Ko sort of finally hints to what he's so upset about, and he asks Shoji if it's possible for a mother to not love their child. Because, of course, he has his problems with his mom, right? Right. You know, like, she branded him and then left. Yeah. Um, But he sort of, like, lives... In this you know, world where he, yeah. sort of, he believes that his mother's still alive and she loves him and she'll come back. Right. He Things has this sort, sort of, of narrative yeah. that allows him to like... To cope with his terrible situation. Right. To continue his existence. And meeting this girl and her terrible mom is sort of shaking that conception that like all mothers love their children. And yeah, so he his is, mother must love him. He is having problems. He's having a day. <laughs> And right. so he asks Shoji, and Shoji uh, is very sort of, like, encouraging and smiley. Like, he, he starts to sing a little song. He's like, yeah. listen, all mothers love their children. That's just how life is. That's, like, yeah, like, that is the deal. Like, that is how it works. And then he says something, like, a mother's love is as deep as, like, the Marianas Trench. Yep, he does say I that. I think. Um, which is both comforting in a way. Because the Marianas Trench is, of course, deep. But if you know anything about the Marianas Trench, is also 
kind of horrifying. So what you're suggesting that is that a mother's love uh, is deep and full of giant octopuses? <laughs> right. It is It is deep and also contains horrifying monsters, the likes of which man's mind was not meant to comprehend. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm just th- like, oh, oh. Okay, so I have like a, like the ocean. I find the ocean like in equal parts terrifying uh, and fascinating. Like, I think it's super cool. I like, it's a, like, it's like, yeah, the ocean, like it's so cool and neat and there's all sorts of awesome stuff happening. And also it's horrifying, like deeply terrifying to me. Uh, Mostly just the creatures that live in the ocean. Well, like, I get the is, shudders like, just thinking about it. It's Because the problem ugh. is, if you're ever going to meet something like that, you are meeting it on its turf. You are never going yeah. to, like, walk down the street and run into a kraken. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you... Yeah, it's over. Like, you can't do anything, because you're not... You're not equipped to deal with that. You know what I mean? Like, if you run into a bear... Like, a bear, obviously, is, like, gonna probably take you apart. But at least you're on land. You know, like you're where you're supposed to be. But if you're running into like a, a, I mean, sharks are scary, but not horrifying. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. But if you run into like a squid, game over, dude. Like that's it. Like you can't, you can't do anything about that. Ugh. Like I can't even. Okay. So, so like, a mother's love, guys. <laughs> mother's love. <laughs> Uh, deep, but somewhat horrifying. So the next scene that we see is it's like the next morning, I guess. And Ko has like crept up to Kasumi's house. I guess, I guess just to like, I don't know, walk her to school or something. But he peeks in the window and we see this interaction between Kasumi and her mother. Yeah. So it is apparently like parent teacher conferences that week. Uh, and think, she says like, oh, I'm new. And so the teacher wants to meet you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like right. a special thing. And the mother's like, no, no, I'm not interested in that. Like, like I'm not going to go meet your teacher. I'm not going to be involved in your school life. Like, just get out of here. Yeah. She's like, oh, I have a, she says Toto. Uh, I didn't know what it was, but later we see her playing tennis. So I assume it's, she's talking about tennis. She's like, I have a tennis tournament and I'm really busy. Also, I think she says like, she says, like, I don't care about you or something and literally, like, shoves her to the ground or, like, grabs her wrist and throws her to the ground. Yeah, and then she, like, gets back up. Like, the like the daughter gets back up and tries to, like, hold on to her again. And she, like, grabs her arm and pinches it in this sort of, like, weird... Oh, yeah, it's like, way. a weird, like, twisty pinch. So, like, she is, like, verbally, emotionally, like, just abusive. Yeah. Really, along all possible axes of abuse, like, there you go. That's her mom. Right. Like, when we said plain old human monster, we were not kidding. Like, she's a terrible person. So, uh, we also see here that Shoji is following Ko, because he knows that something's wrong with Ko um, yeah. that he won't tell him about. And so, he's just sort of tailing him. Yeah. Uh, and so, that sort of finishes, and then we see Ko and Kasumi at a park, and Ko is like... This is super weird. I don't get it because all mothers love their children. Why is your mother treating you so badly? Because she must love you. 
I don't like. I don't get it. Like and my tiny mind yeah. can't comprehend. No, basically, this. she just responds like, "Oh no, she doesn't love me. She's yeah. very cruel. She's gotten more cruel since our parents have divorced. I think it's because I look like my dad." <laughs> right, and Co. Like he like can't handle it. He's like, "No, like all mothers love their children. Like this, that has to be true." And uh, and Kasumi's like, "No, dude. Like I." She basically says something to the effect of, like, I hate to burst your bubble, but no, my mother is an awful human being. And, which, and listen, she's not wrong. You, yeah, no, she's totally. His, her mother is an awful human being. Uh, but, yeah, the but in my notes, it just short. says, girl is jaded. So, <laughs> Oh, man. It's, it's true. Uh, but their conversation is cut short because... Uh, the two princes, I'm sorry, the two princesses, not, not two princes, this is not a spin doctor song, uh, the two, not even princesses, they're priestesses, listen, I told you it was early, <laughs> so the two remaining priestesses show up, <laughs> right. um, and they are there to kidnap the girl and to hurt her, uh, so, so that that will, like, cause pain to Ko, which will, will then, yeah, it will, like, grow the yeah. hatred in his heart. Basically. Thus moving him closer to being a Goma. Right. So Solid plan. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so Kasumi gets snatched. Shoji kind of like hops out from behind wherever he was sort of watching them from. And is like, I will help. And so he's running. And then he gets, he's about to fight the, what is it, the necklace priestess? Yeah, necklace priestess. Yeah. And he gets trapped by, like, an energy band, I think, that gets thrown around him. Yeah, it's an energy band that was thrown by the ring priestess, which you can tell because once it is around him, it, like, turns yeah. into, like, a physical thing. And it's a giant yeah. ring. With, like, a gem inset and everything. Like. Yeah. And it's, like, wrapped around his arms and his torso and he can't move. Wasn't um, there, like, a DC villain that did that whose name was just The Ringer? Am I, am I making that up? Uh, no, you're not. I'm trying to remember who that guy was. Well, he's the ringer. Well, yes. But beyond that, I... Oh, no! He's Marvel Comics. My bad. I just... Hold on. I'm looking this up. He's just sort of patently... I'm already there. He we used to work for NASA. He's just sort of so patently ridiculous that I just assumed that he was DC. Uh, but no, he is Marvel. There you go. Well, you know, Marvel had a lot of... What year was this guy introduced? Oh, uh... Looks 1977. Like... Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right on. Uh, okay, so... He gets, like, trapped by a ring, and then... So after he gets trapped, Ko is like, oh no, I need to go, like, help Kasumi. So he, like, ditches Shoji. Yeah, he runs off after the necklace priestess who is carrying Kasumi away. Well, he... I, I thought that's what he was going to do. It's not actually what he does. He runs to go get her mother for reasons that I don't understand. And also, I don't know how he does it because he apparently just knows exactly where she is. And oh, he see, just, like, I thought that he was chasing after her and happened to see the mother and says, like, oh, like, I will let her know. She will obviously want to help. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go with that. That makes sense. Um, so he runs up and the mother is, like, playing tennis. And he's like, Ma, I forget what he calls her. But he's like, hey, Kasumi is kidnapped. And the mom literally says, she's like, oh, uh, I don't care what happens to her. Like, leave me alone. Like, not my problem. I'm right, playing like, tennis. I'm clearly busy. And she's, like, she says a couple of things. She's like, I don't care what happens to her. 
I didn't I didn't want to be a mother. If she is gone, that's fine with me. She was sucking the life out of me anyways. Yeah, not all mothers love their children. A mother's love is a myth. Yeah. There so, are plen- and then she says, there are plenty of mothers like me. Yeah, just blowing Ko's world up. And so he, <laughs> like, after trying to convince her for a while, just, like, runs off horrified and possibly crying. I don't have that in my notes, but... It doesn't, yeah, I don't I'd, know. I wouldn't be surprised. It, uh, so then it just flips back to the park where the Shoji is fighting the two priestesses. And, okay, listen... I recognize that this is like a kid's show and they're just trying to make it fun. The idea, I think, is that, like, the necklace priestess is, like, throwing him... He, like, has tied him up and is, like, literally, like, throwing him around at the end of this rope. What is actually happening... And it took me a second to figure that out. Because what is actually happening is there is, like, a a rope, like, loosely tied around Shoji... And it is, like, limp and in the hands of the necklace priestess. And he is, like, doing trampoline flips back and forth. Like, there is no way that the rope that is attached to him has anywhere near the tension to be, like, pulling on him to that degree. Uh, It just looked really silly. Yeah, that's an effect they'll do sometimes. And just this – and usually it looks okay. (laughs) Because usually it's not, like, an actual rope. It's, like, a laser rope. And they can sort of make it – Look however they want it to. This yeah. is a physical rope. And plus, uh, laser and ropes are always this. cooler. <laughs> right. I mean, just in yeah. general. Well, laser, I think you could say that of basically anything. This is a computer. That's neat. This is a laser computer. Oh, I Laser want that. computer. Right. Clearly better. Flowers, laser flowers. Pot, laser pot. I'm just naming things that I'm looking at around my house. And instead pretending of, they're made out of lasers. Instead of saying that this is the uh, the best podcast about Die Ranger, we should just say that it is the laser podcast about Die Ranger and let <laughs> right. every and like you know what that means. You can figure that out, right? Laser anything is automatically better. Uh, okay, so so he is doing some backflips, and the rest of the Rangers show flip. up to save him. Right, other Rangers show up to save him. They use like a sword. They like cut the ring off. He aura changes. Fighting, 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 fighting. Uh, the necklace priestess appears to be fighting with a giant Q-tip. I can't totally tell what it is. Oh, you know what? No, I this is the ring. Like... You're saying the necklace priestess. It's the ring priestess. Oh, I'm sorry. The ring priestess. My bad. My bad. Uh, and, you know, it's jewels. It's probably like a jeweled staff. That's why it's like bulbous at the end. Oh, yeah. But it looks like a giant Q-tip. So um, we get to a point where Shoji and the Ring Priestess are squaring off. We get another one of those like dual like title placards that shows up. Yeah, on the it's screen. actually pretty cool because they both have staves and they're like, oh, because Shoji gets his uh, die rod out. So they fight, fighting, fighting. It's actually it's a pretty neat fight. They yeah, they're going for a minute or two, and then the Ring Priestess just stops and says, "Like Tenma Ranger, we will fight later," and turns around and starts to walk away. And Shoji is just like, uh, okay. okay. I guess we'll because fight later. Because that's how that works. Because and and this she... is something that we'll sort of see about Shoji, and we've seen it before, is that like Shoji is, in some aspects of his life, like very committed to like, like keeping his word and being honorable. And yeah. so when she is like, oh, like this fight is over and I'm leaving – and she turns around, he's not the sort of guy who would just, like, run over and hit her in the back. Right. Uh, 
but he is fighting the wrong opponent. Yes. So because she gets like three <laughs> steps away and then turns around, is like, "Ha, gotcha!" and gotcha. blasts him with some lasers. <laughs> yeah. Um. He. Uh, and then he says, and I'm not going to say it because again, we, you know, we try to keep the show clean. But he's like, "You be," uh, which again, it's like, dude, this is a kids' show. You should not be cussing on a kids' show. But he does. He does. Uh, and then he like. The fight turns like, around. Like, yeah, it basically, he's like, you be. Like, how dare you cheat? Yeah, like, he's really angry about it. And uh, and then he, like, busts out some, like... It's this. It's that same sort of, like, growing gravity spin kick we saw him use in, like, episode three that he learned how to do. It's a good move. Yeah, it is. And he, so he wins. And then the other rangers show up and are like, Shoji, great job. What were they doing? Were like, they fighting some Kotopotoros? I don't think so. I didn't think there were any Kotopoto around. I'm going to assume they were, because otherwise that just makes zero sense. <laughs> okay. I mean... So I they show up, why, and they're, they I are I don't know why this thing job. has to make sense, but sure. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. Um, so they're about to finish the job, but then she teleports away before they can kill her. Right. Which, so it actually I don't is. know why more Goma don't do that. Oh, yeah, no, you know what? I actually do have a theory. Okay, hit me. Um, this is something I thought about a while ago. Um, the, and it's also the reason I think that they all use the enlarging bomb. It's because they're... Remember how we all decided that they were such fans of the Die Rangers? Uh, okay. Like, they want to see Dyra now. Like, they know it's probably going to kill them. Okay. But if they have the chance to see it in action, they just can't let it go by. This is, like, a totally worth it moment. Like, yeah. Like, got killed by Dyra now. Totally worth but, it. But, like, did you see that glowing sword? It was amazing. It was so cool. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, but apparently, sense. the ring priestess is less enamored of the Dyra Rangers than her uh, yeah, other Yeah, she's like, I'm... I'm out. I'll see you good. I'll fight you later. So she leaves. And then and then the scene's over. Like that's it. Yeah, that fight's over and then we cut it's the end of the episode because as we've said this is a uh, cliffhanger episode or at least mm-hmm. a like mid arc episode. Yeah, it doesn't like it doesn't end, I guess. Um and it's Ko who's like run off into a field near a river somewhere. Yeah, something, whatever. And he is having this sort of, like, tortured internal monologue about, like, oh, like, like, how is it possible? Can a mother not love? Et cetera, Yeah, he's, like, clenching and unclenching his hands. And then we see Akamaru, like, up on the ridge looking down. And he's like, yes. Like, everything is happening the way I want to. Basically, he's like, give in to your hate, and you will be more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Exactly. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have at least another episode in this arc. Maybe two. I was looking it up. We actually don't... Well, I, that's, that is a spoiler for you, Dave, and I will not get into it. But, uh, this story is not over yet. Well, that's... Yeah, I, I feel like that was pretty obvious. I yeah. mean, it's clearly not over. So, Matt, uh, high points? Let's see. Um... Bullet Shoji came back. Bullet ah, Shoji, the warrior of love. Say. And it's always good to see Shoji sort of in that mode. Yeah, man. That's what I was going to say. Like, Shoji being cool. Being cool, like, comforting a kid. Because as I've said, like, in some ways, Shoji is actually my favorite of the Rangers. And it's because of moments like that. 
Oh, that's okay. I gotcha. I can see that. Okay, Dave. So what is your high point? You know, my high point is uh, finding out that the Goma are powered by hatred. Like that, like that little narrative detail. Is oh yeah, it's a nice bringing everything push to the mythology. Yeah, like it's bringing everything together for me. Like the Goma make more sense. Like their whole plan makes more sense. Uh, you know, so it's nice to have that like narrative headspace filled in. All right, and uh, what is your low point then? Hmm, low point. Because I feel like we can't just have it be that Co is a perv every episode. Yeah. Like, take yeah, that yeah, as a given that be. we are not a fan of that. But if we just make that our low point every episode, this is going to become a very boring segment. Yeah. Uh, low point, I'm going with low rope tension on those flips. Technical failure. Technical failure. Uh, the rest of the fight choreography was pretty cool. And that was just really lazy. It was just late. It was so late. You know, it's a low point. Not that just it was goofy, but it was so lazy that it was like it became confusing. I was like, what is even like what's happening? Right. You had to actually stop to try to parse what was happening on screen (laughs) instead of just watching the show. Yeah. So that is my low point. Dave, you know, my low point is what's your low point, Matt? But I had to wake up this early to do this in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not let's not do that again. Really? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right, you know what? Your your low point can be whatever you want it to be, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just living my life. I'm just trying to get by one day at a time. And, uh, you know, All right. don't judge my choices. All right. So uh, I think that's it for us, man. Yeah, that is going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die, Ranger. Uh, before we finish up, I'd just like to remind you, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, check out the stuff I put up on the show. Like photos of the show and stuff like that. We're on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember shining in the iTunes review section. There are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it helps people find the show. Um, I don't mention it a lot. We're on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher, and that's how I listen to it. Um, I think we might be on one or two other platforms, but I know definitely we're on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you know someone who you think might like the show but who doesn't. Uh, use Apple products, uh, you can point them that way. Cool. Hey guys, producer Mark here. Just a quick note that one of the best ways you can share our show with a friend is to point them directly towards our Libsyn page, supersentibros.libsyn.com. That's supersentibros.libsyn.com. You can stream the show there or download it directly to your PC or other devices. Thanks. Back to the end of the show. Um, Okay, so once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Mama! Onegai! Mama! 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 Ah!